we survived snowstorm and an ice storm and an earthquake this week. Right? Huh? Praise the Lord. Yeah. We made it through, didn't we? I'm curious, how many of you felt the earthquake? Raise your hand. Wow. A lot more than I thought. I didn't feel nothing. I, I had no... Jonathan texted me, did you know there was an earthquake? And I said, where? <laughs> I had no clue. About, about five miles from your farm, all right? So, so you felt it. Now, here's another question. For those of you who felt the earthquake, did it scare you a little bit? It did? Scared you a little bit? All right. I was in an earthquake in Costa Rica this year. The first and only earthquake I'd ever been in. I think I told you a little bit about that. It didn't scare me, but it was like, what in the world is going on? You know, just kind of a weird feeling when everything's shaking and moving. Did anybody at your house or wherever you were when you felt the earthquake, did you, did you see anything shaking? Was it that bad that you saw something shaking? Your bed was shaking? How did I not know this? I mean, it was just, we were clueless. We didn't, we didn't have any of that. <laughs> That's what I should have studied. Oh, where is that? We need to. <laughs> All right. You know, one of the, one of the universal experiences in life is fear. I love the story of, of a little girl who's in a thunderstorm and uh, she went running into her parents' bedroom in the middle of the night. The storm was raging, and, and she said, Mommy, I'm scared. I want to stay in here. And her mother kind of sleepily said, Honey, you need to go back to bed. God will be with you in there. She started towards the door, and she stopped, and she turned around and said, Mommy, why don't I sleep in here with Daddy and you go in there with God? <laughs> we can all relate to that, can't we? Uh, fear te- uh, touches us in, in all kinds of different ways and different uh, levels and at different times. Webster's Dictionary defines fear this way, anxiety caused by real or possible danger or pain. Not necessarily, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be real danger. Sometimes it's, in, it's only possible danger or pain that causes us to fear. Sometimes the things we fear are very real and sometimes the things we fear are not. Fear is an amazing thing if you think about it. Fear can paralyze you so that you just can't move. Have you ever like come up on a snake all of a sudden you saw it and you stopped and you were like paralyzed. You just couldn't move a muscle. And then sometimes fear does just the opposite. Rather than paralyze you, it mobilizes you. It tells every muscle in your body, take off running. That's what would happen if I saw the snake. It wouldn't be stop, it would be get out of here. But fear does that to us. It, It can paralyze us. And at the same time, it, sometimes it can mobilize us. So, I want you to be honest with you, and I'm, or, or be honest with us, and I want you to realize that you're in church, and God's watching. Alright? I want you to help me make a list of the things that you are afraid of. Now, you don't have to answer. You can go to heaven if you don't answer tonight, okay? But, if you want to be honest with us, what would be some of the things that you just kind of are afraid of? Flying, all right? Fear of flying. Horseback riding, all right? What was it? 
Storms. Confined areas. Heights. Darkness, fear of the dark, okay. Spiders. I wondered if anybody was going to say that. Snakes, amen. Drowning, all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're hitting it now. We're getting. Rejection. I heard that rejection. What was after the rejection? Dogs. So you've been to, to my house, apparently. Okay. Helplessness. The feeling of helplessness. Fear of the unknown. Bees. All right. I'm going to stop there because I've run out of room. We're a bunch of scaredy cats, aren't we? You know what? There's two studies that I read about, and it's fascinating to me that you guys have mentioned Almost all the things that are on these two studies I'm about to share you. There was two studies done. One was by Katie uh, Medrano. She published an article called Top Ten Strong Human Fears. The Top Ten Strong Human Fears. And these are the top fears that are shared by people everywhere. Number one, what would you guess the number one top fear is? Fear of? Fear of failure was the number one top fear. Fear of death was number two. Fear of rejection was number three. Fear of ridicule was number four. Fear of loneliness was five. Number six was fear of misery. Number seven was fear of disappointment. I thought that was a kind of a strange one. I'm, I'm just afraid I'm going to be disappointed, I guess. Number eight was the fear of pain, one that lots of us could relate to probably. The fear of the unknown, somebody mentioned that one. And then number 10 I thought was a little strange. Fear of losing your freedom. But as you look at those lists, those are mostly existential fears that, that kind of describe the condition of your heart. Uh, these, are, these are not necessarily fears of specific things. And so there's another study done by the Gallup people. The Gallup poll produced this uh, study. What scares Americans the most? What scares Americans the most? Number one, snakes. I, 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 that's the one thing that I'm kind of scared of. Um, number two, public speaking. Some people are terrified of, of that. I, I was for years and years and years. Uh, number three, fear of heights. Somebody mentioned that one on the list. Fear of heights scares Americans. Number three. Number four, being in, in being closed in a small space. Somebody mentioned that one as well. Uh, number five, fear of spiders. That made our list. Number six, fear of needles or getting sh shots. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've seen big old grown men. I mean, just big old burly guys who just terrified of needles, you know. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, number seven. Fear of mice. Yeah, you know, ladies, have you jumped on a chair screaming when you saw a mouse? Or men, I'm sorry, men, have you jumped on? <laughs> Number eight, somebody mentioned this one, fear of flying on an airplane. Number nine, somebody mentioned this one, fear of dogs. It's interesting, there's not a fear of cats, but there is a fear of dogs. Number ten, fear of thunder and lightning. And this one actually has twelve. Uh, number 11 is going to the doctor. I, I thought, well, wh- what about going to the dentist? Maybe that one's included in there. And then number 12, fear of the dark. Uh, it's obviously that uh, we have a lot of fears. And if you look at this list, or the ones that I named, how many of you could say, I've got at least two of those fears? Raise your hand. All right. How many could say, I've got at least three of those fears? All right, very good. Thank you for your honesty. So we've got lots of work to do tonight. That's what we need to look at. Uh, if you look at just this list, plus the ones that I named, but if you look at just this list, I think we could, could agree on three things. First of all, fear can be useful. Because it cautions us in a dangerous situation. Tell me one of the places where fear could be useful. If we just look at the, the list right here. Dogs. How's that useful? Okay. Might keep you from going to the hospital, right? <laughs> Alright. Fear, like fear of the storms could be useful, right? You, you don't want to get out and play golf in the middle of a thunderstorm. Okay. So, so fears can be good. It can be useful. Fear also, can, number two, we, I think we could agree, fear can be costly. You miss out on some things because of your fear, right? A great illustration of that, and, and since she's not here, I can talk about her. Uh, my daughter Lauren has this one now. Now, she didn't have this fear for a long time. She, she loved to fly. She loved to travel. But Lisa and Lauren were coming back from Denver, Colorado on a mission trip, and they took off in the middle of a terrible storm. And and they thought the plane was going to crash. I mean, it was one of those things where it was just doing this for a long, long time. And Lauren won't get on a plane now. Uh, she got on one time, and it, it was just almost like dragging her onto that plane, you know. Uh, but she's missed out on some things. I was going to take her to Israel this past March. She wanted to go to Israel, so long as she could get on a boat to get over there. But she was not getting on a plane. She missed out on a trip to Israel. Simply because of the fear of flying. Fear is like that. Fear can be costly. Fear can also be a powerful influence. A powerful influence. And we're going to see that tonight as we look at our study. I want you to take your Bibles. Open God's Word to the Gospel of Luke. Tonight we're going to listen in on four conversations that Jesus had with Two groups of people and with two individuals. Four different conversations that we're just going to kind of eavesdrop on. Four conversations that Jesus had and they all have one thing in common. In every conversation that Jesus had with these individuals and with these groups, in each of these conversations there was the element of fear that was discussed. 
between Jesus and the individuals or Jesus and the groups. So the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, is where we're going to be focusing most of our attention tonight. Two of the stories that we're going to be looking at show the power of fear. And two of the stories we're going to be looking at show the power of faith. But before we read Luke chapter 8, we need to start a chapter before that. What comes before Luke chapter 8? Luke chapter 7. And there's something intriguing in Luke chapter 7 that I think sets the stage for chapter 8. And so let's look and see what that is. Um, Chapter 7, verse verse, uh, 36 through 50, is the story of Jesus encountering a sinful woman. That's how my Bible titles it, a sinful woman. But in reality, probably what she was was a prostitute. She had an encounter with Jesus where he forgave her. And then because of that encounter where he forgave her, she later went to the house of a Pharisee where Jesus was, and she anointed him with this perfume and 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 wiped his feet with her tears and, and the hair uh, from her head. And you know that, that story. I wish we had time to read the whole story, but I just want you to see the end of the story. Uh, verse 48, we'll pick up the story right there. At the end of the story, Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And and I just love that. This is not a Bible study on that that story, but I, I just love that phrase. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Only Jesus can give us peace with God and peace about our past. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus said to this sinful woman, to this prostitute who had lived an adulterous life, Jesus said to her, your faith has saved you. Now, go in peace. You're at peace with God. And you can be at peace with your past. Don't miss what he said, though. He said, your faith has saved you. Now, then we come to chapter 8, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And then notice this little phrase that that Luke drops in here. The twelve were with him. The twelve were with him. Luke Luke is emphasizing that the twelve had been following Jesus. And no doubt the twelve were there when the sinful woman was there. The twelve were there and and saw what she did and they heard the dialogue. The twelve were there when Jesus said to her, watch this, listen. The twelve were there when Jesus said to her, your faith has saved you. Now, go in peace. Luke mentions this little phrase, and the twelve were with him. Now just keep that in mind, file it away as we continue through chapter 8. Let's jump ahead to verse 22. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake, that is the lake of Galilee, Sea of Galilee. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. 
A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. I mean, Paul's right there just to say that when we were in Israel this past uh, March, we were on the Sea of Galilee. And I asked my tour guide, I said, uh, tell me, you know, there's this story in the, in the Gospels where a storm suddenly came up on the lake. I said, do you ever see that kind of thing here now? She said, oh, yes. He said, uh, and it, she said, and it can be terrifying. She said it, it comes in so quickly, it, it can change just so quickly. The conditions just can change so quickly, and, and it can come over the mountain range. And said, and it it can be terrifying. She said, I've been out on the lake like that when all of a sudden it just gets into turmoil. She said, it, it, it can just be terrifying. That's exactly what happened here with the disciples. Uh, verse twenty four: the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master. We're going to do what? To drown. Somebody mentioned, didn't you? Yeah, drowning was one of the fears. Master, we're going to drown. Now, Mark, put your finger there in Luke. Go over to the left and find the book of Mark. Mark, in his account of this story, gives us a little bit of additional insight. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? So going back to Luke, when these disciples came to Jesus and said, Master and Master, we're going to drown... They were afraid. They were terrified. What were they afraid of? Of drowning. So here's, pick up the story. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. And then he asked this intriguing question. Where is your faith? Don't, Don't you remember, don't you remember that lesson just a few days ago? Remember the prostitute? Oh, yeah. Remember what I told her? What did he tell her? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, your faith has saved you. Now, Jesus looked at those men who were there with him at that occasion, and Jesus said, as the calm, as the sea became calm, and the, the boat stopped tossing around, and all of a sudden it was just calm out on the Sea of Galilee. He looked at those men and he said, Where's your faith? Where's your faith? She had faith. She was a prostitute. She had faith. She had never followed me. She had faith. She didn't know me like you know me. She had not heard all the teachings that you've heard. She had not seen all the things that I have done. But you have. Where is your faith? And then he it says, look at this next. In fear and amazement, they ask one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. It, it intrigues me that even after he said, Where is your faith? They were still, fear, still fearful. But this time they were not fearful of the storm. What were they afraid of now? Yeah, now they were afraid of the storm calmer. 
Before they were afraid of the storm. They were afraid they were going to drown. Now they become fearful of the one who's calmed the storm. And I believe the word there probably indicates a reverential awe, a reverential fear. Who is this? The thing I want you to see from this first little snapshot, this first conversation, if you will, that Jesus has about fear and faith, is how, our, is how fear can put our lives in turmoil. Fear can allow our lives to just get into turmoil. And maybe your life is like that right now. Maybe your life is full of turmoil. And the Lord has brought you here tonight to ask you that one simple question. Where is your faith? It's a powerful question. Where's your faith? You're worried about a lot of things. You're anxious. You've, you've had a hard time sleeping at night. Uh, you've, you're starting to develop ulcers. You, you just have all kinds of struggles and difficulties that you're wrestling with. And, and Jesus is saying to you, where is your faith? Fear can put our lives in turmoil. Now, there's a second story that also deals with fear. And in this second story, we can learn another important lesson about fear and faith. Verse 26. As they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were what? Afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to help them too. That's not what it says, is it? Now that's the way it ought to read. That's what it ought to say, right? I mean, if you've seen Jesus heal this man that nobody could heal. If you saw this man who was so demon-possessed, so out of his mind, that he was running around naked, he was chained, he was living in the tombs, I mean, this was a guy that was hopeless, and Jesus healed him. And now he's in his right mind, and he's clothed, and, and he's at peace, and a miracle has happened. You would expect 
The people would be lining up saying, listen, my problem is not as bad as his, but (laughs) could you help me too? But that is not what happened. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. It's amazing. Because, don't miss this, it's underlined in my Bible, because they were overcome with fear. They were overcome with fear. We told you earlier that fear sometimes is very costly. So look what it says next. So he got in the boat and left. He had just proven to them that he had the power to help anybody in that village. He had just proven to them that he had power even over the demons. There was nobody in that village who could not have been helped by Jesus. But they didn't get to experience the miracles that they needed because their fear was greater than their faith. And their fear overcame them to such a point, to such a degree, that they actually asked Him to leave. So He got in the boat and He left them. In this story about fear and faith, we learn that fear can sometimes cause us to miss divine opportunities. They were so overcome by the fear that they missed out on what God wanted to do or could have done for them. I wonder in your life, have you ever been so overcome by fear that you missed out on what God could have done? So overcome by fear that it it drove you to make some decisions that caused you to simply miss the blessings that could have been yours. Have you ever said no to something God wanted to do simply because you were overcome by fear? That is the power of fear, ladies and gentlemen. Fear can put our lives in turmoil and fear can cause us to miss divine opportunities. But in this same chapter, there are two more conversations we want to listen in on. And these two conversations illustrate for us not the power of fear, but the power of faith. See, there's a contrast in this entire chapter of Luke chapter 8. A contrast between fear and faith in Jesus. And so let's go to the third story, the third conversation, if you will. And it's kind of two stories in one, so we're going to have to read it carefully and break it down into sections. But we we begin the story uh, in verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. Any father here who has a child can relate to this one. Any father here who has a child that's ever been really sick can certainly relate to what Jairus was feeling. As Jesus was on his way, where was he on his way to? 
as Jesus was on his way, he was on his way to Jairus' house. He was on his way to help Jairus and his daughter. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for how many years? How old was the girl? Twelve. Both of these stories talk about twelve years. One a twelve-year-old girl, and one a woman who had a twelve-year-old problem. And they're both stories about the power of faith. So, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but, but no one could heal her. You might want to underline that in your Bible. No one could heal her. She was beyond human help. No one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, don't you just love Peter? He's the first one to speak up, you know. Peter's just, he just says what comes to his mind before his, you know, before his, his mind engages, his mouth engages sometimes. And so here's what Peter said. Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Translation. Who touched you? They're about to crush you. How in the world can you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, verse 46, someone touched me. Duh, yep. (laughs) See these hundreds of people? I know that power has gone out for me. Jesus was saying, listen, I don't mean just somebody push their elbow against my elbow. I I don't mean somebody put their hand on my shoulder. What I mean is this, somebody touched me and it was a touch of faith. It was not just a, somebody bumped into me. Somebody touched me with the touch of faith. Here's how I know. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came, what's that word? Trembling. She came in fear. In fact, look at Mark chapter 5, verse 33 real quickly. Again, Mark's account of this story. Mark chapter 5, verse 33. Mark puts it this way. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. So back in Luke chapter 8, when it says that she came trembling, she was trembling with fear, Mark says, and, and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how he had been, in, how she, she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I, I don't know this. I'm just kind of reading between the lines. I wonder how the disciples responded to that. There's another one. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. They've heard that before, haven't they? 
Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. They've heard that before. Ding, ding, ding. I remember the last time he said that. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Not your daughter is really bad. It's your daughter is dead. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe. Jairus, I know your heart is filled with fear right now. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And she'll be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat, and her parents were astonished, but He ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Some of the verses in Scripture I wonder about. I know they're inspired. I know that they're true. I know they're the Word of God. But sometimes I want to say, He said what? Do you ever do that? I mean, look at this. Her parents were astonished, but He ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. You're not supposed to tell anybody what I just did. And there's a reason for that, and we can get into that in another study. But here's what I want you to see about the power of faith. In both situations, faith allowed Jesus to do what was humanly impossible. Remember it said of the woman that no one had been able to heal her. And it said of, of this daughter that she was dead. In both situations, faith enabled Jesus to do or allow Jesus to do, we might say, what was humanly impossible. The woman was sick for, for 12 years. The little girl was 12 years old. Faith enabled or allowed Jesus to do what others could not do. Have you got any humanly impossible situations in your life? Any humanly impossible situations in your family? Are you wrestling right now between fear and faith? Faith always has a better outcome. Always has a better outcome. The second lesson we learn about the power of faith is this. In both situations, the people that Jesus dealt with struggled with fear. Just like in the first two situations. In both situations, they struggled with fear. The woman, why was the woman fearful? Huh? Yeah. She, the, the Bible says that she came trembling in fear. She was struggling. She's been found out and her life was at stake and she didn't know. She didn't know how Jesus was going to respond. She, she didn't know how he would respond to all of this. She, she was fearful. She was trembling. And then we can all relate to, to Jairus. The fear he had when he got the news of what had happened to his daughter. 
In both situations, they struggled with fear. But in both situations, Jesus talked about their faith. And He said especially to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Faith keeps us... Listen, 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 listen. Faith keeps fear from controlling us. Faith keeps fear from controlling us. Think about an underlying fear that might be keeping you back from from living the full life that God wants you to live. How How would Jesus respond to you? Maybe He would ask you this question, where's your faith? Or maybe He would say to you this, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't let your fear keep you from what I have in store for you. I've told this story lots of times over the years, but I've been here 17 years, so forgive me for telling it again. Some of you haven't heard it. Uh, you're new in the last five years or so, and you, you don't know this story, and, and I'm going to tell you the very brief, very brief version of it. But I, I can just so relate to this, this struggle between fear and faith. God called me to preach when I was 17 years old, uh, one month before my 18th birthday. And the short version of the story is this. I was so terrified of speaking in front of people. I, I was so terrified that when I was in junior high school, I took a zero on, a, on an oral book report that we had to give. I had the report prepared. And when she called my name to stand up and give my oral book report, Mrs. Massey's class, 7th grade, when she called my name to stand up and give my oral book report, I could not make myself get out of my seat. And I took a zero on that report. So when I was 17, almost 18, and God began to work in my heart, telling me, I've called you to preach. I want you to know, I had a great battle with fear. Great battle with fear. And the short story again is when I one night was reading in Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you. And I had to decide, what's going to control me? My fear or my faith? All the blessings I would have missed. All the blessings I would have missed in in 27 years as a pastor and preaching longer than that, but 27 years as a pastor. All the blessings I would have missed if I had let my fear control me. Sometimes you just got to make the decision. I'm going to walk by faith, not by fear. Sometimes it's just that simple. What will control you? Your fear or your faith? I said it earlier, I'm going to say it one more time. Your faith always produces more than your fear. Your faith always Helps you to get further down the road of what God wants to do in and through your life. Decide how you want to live. 
Are you going to be a fearful disciple or a faithful disciple? That one decision make a huge difference in your life. Let's pray about that before we leave. Father, we recognize tonight that the power of fear is tremendous. The power of fear can be controlling and the power of fear can cause us to miss out on what You have planned for our lives. The power of fear can cause us to our lives to be in turmoil. We also recognize tonight, Father, that there is great power in faith. A great power that simply trusts in You rather than in us. And I pray that You'd help each of us this week as we're trying to just live out this Scripture. Help us this week when we're about to be overcome by fear regarding something. May we turn to You in faith. And Father, if there's somebody here wrestling with a, with a decision, and they're leaning into their fear, help them to walk by faith. And thank You that when I was just a 17-year-old boy, in Your grace... You helped me to take the biggest step of faith I'd ever taken. Except for my salvation. And thank you for teaching me that we walk by faith, not by sight. And I pray, Father, that this week, in the situations we struggle with, the situations we encounter. May the Holy Spirit of God remind us that we have a God we can turn to and a God we can trust in. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.